Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Well, somebody has to say it, and I'm going to be the one. We are spoiled. We're so accustomed to getting real-time, right-time personal and business information on our mobile phones, our apps, you name it, our, our pads, our tablets. We now expect similar responsiveness from the public sector. What? Could game-changing mobility be the answer to speeding up what we've come to expect to be the slow-turning wheels of government? Yes, that's the good news. And government leaders here in the U.S. are poised to make it happen. As a matter of fact, at the recent Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, federal CIO, I didn't even know we had a federal CIO, federal CIO Stephen Van Rokel named 2012 as, I tell you the truth, the year of mobile government. He announced a new set of initiatives to spur broader adoption of mobile technology for the federal government, and he even announced a roadmap for federal mobility. Sounds sincere to me. And IDC Government Insights predicts that in 2012, mobility will become the number one IT governance issue in government. There's two gov words in the same sentence. But Gwen Costin at the USGSA, we'll tell you more about her in a second, tells me the biggest hurdle in mobile government now is that we're hampered by what we already know. We think in terms of websites and pages and the way we currently deliver services. And we ask, how do we mobilize that? We'll hear more from her in a minute. So pour yourself another cup and join us for Food for Thought on Mobile Government. Yes, trends and mobilities. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my three outstanding guests who can help us explore what government is doing to become mobile. First, we have Gwen Costin. She's the Director of Mobile in the Office of Citizen Services and Innovative Technologies at the U.S. General Services Administration. That's the GSA. Gwen works with federal agencies to clear a citizen-centric path for mobile access access to government. If you remember nothing else today, that's the key takeaway. Tom Souter is also on the panel today. Tom is a mover and a shaker big time in D.C. He's the president and founder of the advanced mobility solutions company, Mobile Government Solutions, known as MobileGov, that's all one word, which he launched in July 2011. That means it's not even a year old. Tom also serves as the strategic advisor for the University of Central Florida's Institute for Simulation.
legislation and training representing the university's interests in Washington, D.C., and we'll hear a lot from Tom today. And we also welcome Dante Ricci, Director, SAP Federal Innovation. Dante helps government organizations remove the complexity and do more with less to achieve their objectives. Dante has over 15 years of experience in tech with roles in operations, finance, and product management, all of which are important to our discussion today. So let me start by bringing on the first lady in our panel, Gwen Costin. Welcome, Gwen. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about your quote briefly to get your voice on there so people know who you are. The biggest hurdle in mobile gov now is that we're hampered by what we already know. Tell me a little more about that, Gwen. One of the things that's really interesting to me about mobile, and my office has been in existence for about 18 months now, and the longer we get into mobile, the one thing that becomes clearer and clearer is that this really is a game-changing technology. And it's hard to change the game. It's easy to go from what you know. So when I say that we're hampered by what we know, we're really hampered by how we're currently delivering services and the way that we currently are um, using technology. There's a leap when we think about mobile because mobile does a lot of things differently. First of all, it's always with you. I mean, there's, there's studies that show in an emergency, people take three things with them, their wallet, their mm-hmm. keys, and their mobile phone. Eventually, our wallet and our keys will be part of our mobile phone, so we'll only be taking one device. So it's something that's with Great us point. all the time. It can do these really crazy things so that you could actually use your phone as, as almost a telescope. So you could, um, there's actually a really cool app that the uh, National Park Service put together where you could take your phone, um, use the camera on your smartphone, point it at the Washington Monument, and it will give you information about the Washington Monument. But not only does it tell you what the Washington Monument is, it also, the phone knows where you are. So it could tell you, and if you keep walking forward, you're going to get to the Lincoln Memorial. And to your left is the um, Vietnam Veterans Memorial. So we're seeing these things in this phone. And then when I actually get to the memorial, I'm going to actually take a picture of my son, and I'm going to send it to my mother, his grandmother, across the country. Wow. These are all the wow. things. So when we're talking about our spoil and our expectations, we don't even know we're spoiled. But when we're looking at kind of the traditional ways that we've delivered services, it's really hard to say how do we actually make that mobile in a way that's important for, um, for, for our citizens, for the public. And so what we'll do is we'll start off, in the, what I think the easier things are by saying, oh, we have a website. Websites are digits that are delivered electronically. We're going to put this on a mobile phone. But that doesn't really take into account how people are thinking about mobile phones or how they're using it or the fact that it's really about what what they're doing, where they are at that time. Okay, thank you, Gwen. That's a good introduction to our topic. We have a lot more to discuss with you coming up. And let's bring on our second panelist, Tom Souter. Welcome, Tom. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about the federal CIO. That was news to me. Never even thought about a C-suite in the government. So Steve Van Rokel, he said, you wrote an op-ed piece about what he said in AOL Gov advocating a mobile-first policy. Tell me a little bit about your position on all of this, Tom. Well, it was a little bit of a takeoff of his predecessor, Vivek Kundra, that was talking about a cloud-first uh, policy. So I, with all... I, they had this thing called the 25 points, which out, 
outlined a lot of different strategies, but mostly cloud first. And I thought that with the new federal CIO and the adoption of mobile that he ought to really look at, at a mobile first uh, policy. So I kind of took what Vivek had and changed it around a little bit, but it, here, here goes. To harness the benefits of advanced mm -hmm. mobility, we've instituted a mobile first policy. This policy is intended to accelerate the pace at which government will realize the value of advanced mobility by requiring agencies to evaluate safe, secure mobile computing options before making any new investments. And I, and I did talk to Mr. Van Roekel about it, and he, he, he had read it at least. But uh, I think he is mm -hmm. uh, coming out with basically a mobile-first policy. And he's put together a group of government leaders. Uh, it's been called the MGov group, and Gwen, I believe, is a part of it. And they're coming up with the roadmap that we're going to have, how our mobile strategy is going to be laid out. And it, it's been changed a few times, but I think it's going to be expected to be delivered as part of a greater digital strategy, and we're looking at mid-May right now. But uh, it's definitely on his agenda, very high. Very high. Well, I, I'm going to ask you a quick question, and then I want to bring on Dante Ricci so we get him before the break. But, Tom, I think this is on everybody's mind. We're using the G word, government. We know it's 2012. Aha, election year. Is, does that have anything to do with this push for mobility? Hmm? Well, I think that affects a lot of things in this town. Okay. Uh, but I think that I think that it's just the I think it's just everybody knows that mobility is taking off, and I think that it's actually we've got to do government a little bit cheaper. We've got to do government a little bit better. So I think that this just falls in with uh, falls in with that policy. Thank you. We'll, we'll go with that for right now, but we'll touch base on that later. And I'd like to bring on our third panelist, SAP's Dante Ricci. Welcome, Dante, to Coffee Break. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. My pleasure. So talk to me. I have an interesting quote here from you. You say, the potential for high-value mobilization across the enterprise ecosystem is tremendous. An integrated strategy can allow for data sharing and user collaboration within the organization and externally with constituents. Now, constituents, to me, Dante, is a government word, providing meaningful communication to stakeholders outside the walls of the organization. So we're talking about government here. Tell me about this high-value mobilization for government. Right. So if you look at the private organizations out there, your typical Fortune 500 company or even small to medium-sized businesses. The top-performing organizations invest time up front in identifying the use cases for mobility and segmenting the target users. They use a design-thinking approach typically. In, in the commercial side, you're thinking of consumer. How are they going to interface with my company? If you're going to my theme park, what is the wait time on the lines? Maybe I develop an app for that. So when you think about government, if they come up, up front, invest time up front in identifying use cases for mobility for citizens, you, you mentioned constituents, that's a government term, mm -hmm. but citizens, that's their customers, or internal customers, and then they segment them and target those users and develop use cases that those mobility, for a mobile environment, then they're going to be able to invest time up front in developing the right mobility roadmap. And when they do that, they're going to invest in a platform approach from the outset. They're, it's really truly going to enable them to address the growing enterprise mobility needs in a cost-effective manner and also meet the needs of those citizens. Because if you think about it, citizens today and internal, internal personnel in the government, their expectations through mobile consumer device, devices mm -hmm. in their smartphone are very, very high. So we need to meet that in the government side. 
Really, really do. And do you see more pressure? I'll ask you the same question I just asked Tom Suter. It's an election year. Do you see more pressure coming from your clients in the government saying to you, let's hurry this up, Dante. We need to get this done now. Anything? I do not. I actually see the government focusing on the citizen and focusing on optimization and trying to keep the election cycle out of the value picture, if you will. So if you think about mobility in the context of business value or public value that it brings, most of the organizations and people that I've talked to in the government are focusing on how, what value that's going to bring and doing that for the lowest cost possible. So they've really kept the election piece out of it. There is some, obviously, talk at different areas and in different organizations about particular election issues, but I, I haven't seen it that much on this side. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're heading for our first break of the day. What's in your cup? You can tweet it to us at pound sign SAP Radio Coffee. When we come back, I'll be asking Gwen, Tom, and Dante what they're drinking, and then we will read our tweets as we always do. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, however you're listening to us. We'll be right back. Take it away, Brad. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're back, and it's time to talk about coffee break. Gwen Costin, what is in your cup today? Some ice-cold water. I really, though, prefer a nice, um, strong cup of Sumatra, though. As my husband's colleagues say, it tastes like dirt. But actually, I like that. <laughs> 
Okay. Sometimes dirt can be very tasty. If it's, I used to describe that when I used to drink uh, Mexican coffee. I was in Cancun many years ago, and it was like mud, and I loved the taste of that dark coffee. Tom Souter, what are you drinking today? Well, I, I woke up this morning, and I was thinking to myself, my favorite season is fall, and it seemed like a fall day. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C., so mm-hmm. I drove downtown from Leesburg, Virginia, and I'm at SAP World Headquarters, or not World Headquarters, but D.C. Headquarters, and they had something very nice for me as a fall guy. They had pumpkin spice as a coffee, so I, I think that it shouldn't be a seasonal drink. It's one of my favorite coffees, and I'm drinking it in the spring. I think it's great. I think coffee has every reason and no season. I just made that up, but it seems to me very appropriate. Good for you. And let's turn to Dante Ricci. What are you drinking today, Dante? I'm actually drinking a white tea with orange and uh, trying to get the Ooh. antioxidants out of the out of the uh, teas. I love green tea, white tea. I also drink an occasional cappuccino, but today is a white tea day. Wow, that sounds interesting. Do you brew it? Uh, do you get it somewhere, or did you brew it yourself? This particular one is out of a Flavia machine, actually, with a flavored tea. So, but I typically brew it myself. Okay, good. And let's turn to our coffee. Oh, let's see here now. Kristen is not drinking coffee today. She's drinking good old natural spring water. Welcome from Miami, Kristen. Wendy is enjoying a delightful cup of pomegranate. She always has the greatest drinks. Pomegranate and raspberry-flavored green tea while she gets ready to listen to another invigorating SAP radio. And let's see. Malcolm, of course, is drinking Equator coffees, and I'm looking to see exactly what flavor. Malcolm, my tweets are disappearing fast on me, so you'll have to send me what this are and Jeff of course is listening and he has a Starbucks espresso as always thank you so much Jeff so let's get back to our conversation about mobile government Gwen I'm going to ask you to talk about something you sent me before the show you said agencies are looking for the answer to the question mobile apps or mobile web tell me the difference Gwen and how this impacts this whole push for mobility That's a very practical question that that agencies are having, and it's true in the private sector as well as the public sector. So your your listeners on both, uh, wherever they are, they're looking at mobile. That's a critical piece. It really comes down to um, two pieces, serving serving the customer as well as the cost. The difference between a mobile web and and mobile, there's, there's four parts of mobile. You can send text messages. That's one way to deliver mobile services is through SMS. Another way is through mobile um, web, mobile websites. So you take your website and you make it better used for mobile um, web. Then the third thing is you can create an app, um, and that app could be one of two flavors. One flavor is it's a mobile web app, and a mobile web app means that you're serving it off of your um, traditional web servers, and you can get it um, on pretty much on any device, anytime, anywhere. The other type of app is a native app. The native app is something like, and I'm going to tell, tell your listeners something they all probably have, is like Angry Birds. It's something that you download from, a, from a, mm-hmm. a, an app store onto your smartphone, and you can play it independently on your app store, uh, on your phone. Now, the, the, these are, it's very interesting because, you know, different people are looking for different ways of getting information. So depending upon the, um, the, the mission of the organization, what they're trying to accomplish, and who their audience is, it might make sense to create a mobile app. An example is if you're going to be creating an app that's going to have emergency information, 
there may be the point where the Internet is down. And so if there's recovery information that's on that app, you want to make sure it's stored locally on, on the device so that people could have it. So that would be a reason why you would want to have a mobile app. If you have, um, if your audience actually ha doesn't have smartphones and they're actually using uh, mobile, web, uh, mobile web sites to access the Internet, then it might make more sense for you to um, use a, <clears throat> excuse me, to use a mobile web um, service. Now, the, the other reason why agencies are asking this question is because there's a cost involved. One, mm -hmm. the, the fastest, cheapest, and I'm not saying it's cheap, but it's the least expensive of the models is generally to create a mobile web app or a mobile website. By doing that, you could actually reach everybody who has a, um, a cell device that has a web browser on it, and it's easier for you to update. The downside to that um, strategy is that it actually doesn't act like a mobile app. And so moving forward, we were talking before about how spoiled people are. People have certain expectations, and it's hard to meet those expectations mm -hmm. using a mobile website. So that it's hard to use, so you can't, for example, take, take a picture um, you don't, you, you're not able to use the, the, the native parts of the phone. So whether it's the GPS, whether it's the accelerometer, whether it's the, um, the scanner or the, or the camera, those are harder to use in a mobile website. So the apps allow you to do that. So for the agencies, you know, people are looking for a silver bullet, but as everything, it depends. The, the right answer is it depends upon, again, your mission, who your audience is and what they're using, and what you're trying to accomplish. All good points. Thank you, Gwen. And I want to segue right over here on the word apps to Tom Suter. You were kind enough to send me this great press package on government mobility-related articles, and thank you for that, Tom. And I'm looking at something here called uh, – this is from the Central Florida Future and the student newspaper at UCF, and the article is entitled, UCF Helps Develop Federal Phone App. There may be more than 140,000 iPad apps, but only a couple dozen are government-developed. One of these rare apps, Federal Register. Tell me about that, Tom. It sounds fascinating. Well, actually, I think that might be a little bit old. Uh, Gwen, how many federal apps do we have, 108 or something, up on your site? Did you there are 108 different products, and those include apps and websites, and, and they also across different platforms, too. So um, there are government apps in, um, on Blackberries, on Windows Phone, on iPhones, and on Android devices and iPads as well. Well, we did a very interesting pro project with the Federal Register uh, a little bit when I was with, you know, working with the university. And we started the project talking to Vivek Kundra, who was the federal CIO at the time, and we were looking to do some kind of game-changing type of app. Of course, we want to do something game-changing. And there, the whole open government, government initiative, uh, one, of the, one of the things they came up with was the fact that you could have data.gov, which is a, a site that has – you know, 400,000 feeds of data from the government, and they use mm -hmm. common APIs, which allows basically any developer can grab these APIs and make it a mobile app. So it's really for the citizens. But like anything else, you kind of got to show the way. So as a research project, we did uh, the Federal Register, and the Federal Register is uh, like a 1960s type of publication that gets delivered to all government agencies making announcements from other government agencies. And they've already, in the last few years, they put it up on the web. But it was costing $4 million a year to print up this, the Federal Register. So what we did is we made an app, uh, 
and it used five data.gov feeds, which are available publicly to, to anybody, really, and made the Federal Register app. So it updates every day. You can look it up. It's an iPad app, very nice and elegant. It's a one, it was like the 1.0 version of it. But they ended up not having the paper version of the Federal Register. And once again, that's, say, $4 million a year. And I don't think anybody's mm. missed it. Uh, we were lucky enough to have President Obama in his weekly YouTube address talk, refer to this, this entire project. But I think that you need to look across government uh, in the federal budget process. If, if it isn't tough enough to do that, they spend $89 million a year publishing, distributing the federal budget and other publications in the House. These are the types of things, manuals, uh, manuals in the Army, these kind of things. USDA publishes reports upon reports. And if you can go to a digital format, you have the potential to save a lot of money in your organization. You certainly do. And I, I want to turn to Dante Ricci from SAP. Dante, uh, it's, it's commonly known in all kinds of industries around the world that when you give mobile devices to your employees and mobile technology, productivity increases in the office, outside the office. We're, we're really in a 24-7, 365 culture now. How does that play out in the government now that we're talking about mobilizing the government? What will it do for employees? And also, let's talk a little bit about our shall we say, government servants, our, our senators, our congressmen, will they be able to be more mobile? Will they want to be for us? That depends on the person, whether they want to be. But it's become a habitual okay. use. <laughs> it's a habit, really. If you stop, if you're in a traffic jam or you're at a stoplight, just look left and right. You'll see people yep. looking down constantly. Not that it is safe. It's not safe. I don't recommend <laughs> it. But don't text don't, while you're driving. That's your your public uh, service message for today, but it has. Thank you, the PSA. And yeah, whether you're working in the private or in a private organization or a public organization, productivity does increase when you're using smartphones and mobile devices in conjunction with mobile ac applications for workflow approvals, for expense report approvals, for uh, specific email requests and responses. So truly, the productivity will increase both in the government and the private sector, and they're going to increase in ways we haven't foreseen yet. So you, you're seeing 4G coming out. You're going to start seeing video streaming being done really well. So you really are going to find out what the value is as time goes on. So we're just scratching the surface, truly. So what do you think will be the best way, Dante, from your perspective, working with government from, from your, your perch at SAP, what will be the best way for government to show people, their consumers, us, the constituents, the citizens, however you want to term us, to show us that this, they really are taking this seriously, that, that they want to not just, uh, we're talking about saving money on printing the Federal Register, that's great, we'll see it in a newspaper report somewhere, but the day-to-day -day access to government, how, and, and Dante, Tom, Gwen, anybody can jump in on this, how will we feel the impact here where we can say, wow, look what they did for us, where is that going to come from, anyone? I think the best way to do that is truly taking a citizen-centric approach. Invite the citizens mm -hmm. to the table along with government business users or business organizational users, IT, subject matter experts, and even private sector vendors to have an innovative approach to this. So maybe a, a workshop where you identify specific use cases where the consumer wants better service in specific areas 
and that there's a high value or return on investment from a value perspective on what that, what that gives to the constituent or citizen. Then you need to look at the other axis from the government's perspective. We know that these are the high-value use cases that a customer or citizen would want internally and externally, but how difficult is this? How realistic is this? So then you have to use that quadrant, if you will, of high value and difficulty, and then find the high value use cases with the lower difficulty, identify those particular use cases, and start a small project around that to get a feel for what it takes to plan, build, and run, and then get the feedback mechanism to your citizens. That way they have input into how they are interacting with the government. I have a couple of examples you, of how agencies are actually doing that type of thing real quick. I mean, first of all... Gwen, uh, I'm, I'm going to... Gwen, I'm going to ask you to hold because we're at a break point, but let's start with you when we come back. No, don't even, don't even think of stopping your thought. Just put it on hold for a second. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're rushing to the microphone here to get a lot of great ideas out. We're talking about government mobility, mobile gov. A lot more coming from my three very astute guests. Gwen Costin from the GSA, Tom Souter from mobile gov, and Dante Ricci from SAP. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial. Take it away, Brad. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP to speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are. Welcome back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to kick off this second half with Gwen Costin from the GSA talking about what's really going on in government mobility. Gwen, some great examples, please. Yeah, I had to jump in there on top of Dante because some of the examples I have really are looking at the model that he was just describing. 
Um, what we're seeing is some of the agencies are really taking a look at what the services are that they're already providing that are popular and trying to figure out how to make those mobile. And a couple examples I have are from the IRS. Tax Day was just last week. Um, IRS actually last year introduced an, an app for the Android and the iPhone uh, platform that was called that is called IRS to Go. Using this app, people could actually check the status of their tax return to find out where they're uh, ask, answer the number one question they have, which is where is my money. And so they actually introduced that last year um, in uh, in February or March, and they had a, a large number of folks downloading it immediately just to answer that question. So that's an example of, you know, not a, a big app, um, of going to what Dante was saying, but really taking that, those baby steps in terms of identifying something that people want and making it happen. TSA, um, the Transportation Security Administration, another agency that has a large public audience, one of the questions that they most frequently get to their call center and on their website is, what can I bring on a plane? They found that people didn't actually pay attention to that question until they were packing their bag. So let's say somebody's in uh, Napa Valley and they're packing up their bag and they're saying, I just bought this wine. Can I bring it on the plane? Do I have it in my, um, do I put it in my carry-on or what? Or somebody's hunting. Can I actually bring my, my uh, camouflage gear or something? What um, they've done with this app is they actually, a very simple app that says, can I bring? And you ask the question, can I bring whatever it is, and it'll tell you, um, can you carry it on? Can you, does it have to be packed? Do you have to declare it? And it answers those types of questions. In addition, it also gives other um, information about how to speed your way through the lines. The, the, uh, the secondary um, part of this is that, especially for frequent flyers, it also crowdsources information about lines at check-ins. And so here's an application that really helps the traveler when they're traveling at that time. So your question, Bonnie, was, you know, how do we make this relevant? So we actually solve people's problems. That That's amazing. And what's that app again? Can I bring it? Or what, tell us again it's what called, the name of that it, was. It's called MyTSA. And there's, there's a, as My Tom TSA. was saying a few minutes ago, we have 108 apps that have been built by government, and they're all available on apps.usa.gov. That's A-P-P-S. .usa.gov, and you can see a whole selection with links to go ahead and download those, those apps. Those are apps and those are mobile websites. So I recommend everybody um, put that into their browser right now. Now, that to me is exciting. That's good news, and that says to me the government is listening, they're thinking, and they want to be as popular as, as let's say, a, a, a store or a, some kind of a, a restaurant that is working with the public and saying, we know what you want, we're going to give it to you right now, because we're in the I want it now generation. We all know that. Tom Souter, you are so very aware of this. When you started your organization, not even a year ago, July 2011, MobileGov, what were you thinking? What are your big dreams and goals for making something happen. Where, where do you see it going? Well, it, it, it started back in uh, September of 2010 when I left my company. I had had the American dream. I was with a company that for 15 years, and I had exited that company, and I just really wanted to do something different. And we had done deployments around the world with you know, sending field force out, and we did mostly government clients, so we did work in... 90 countries, and embassies, and military bases, and the technology wasn't there to to deliver information on their handhelds. They're very, very expensive proprietary, proprietary systems. So I was always interested in what kind of app could I have. And then 
lo and behold, the iPhone came out, and less than two years ago, the tablet came out. So I was interested in mobility from a ways back, and I had a very good opportunity. I would suggest anybody that ever has an opportunity like this to take it. I got to work for the University of Central Florida, the Institute for Simulation and Training, and basically I was a local government employee, and I actually still am with the state of Florida and the university. And Orlando is the simulation and gaming capital of the world, is some of the callers out there would probably know. If, if they don't know, their kids know. EA Games, which makes Call of Duty and, and Madden, the Madden franchise, is based in Orlando. So they've had this culture for 30 years. They have Pixar's down there with Disney. They have a, a university called, a two-year program called Full Sail, which does video game design. So it's very inventive and creative down there. And the university was doing some work around the world, setting up new mobile banking systems in Kenya, they were doing work in Haiti with mobility, uh, counter-narcotics in the Philippines, and it was just a very good environment. You know, university, I've been out of the university system for quite some time, and you see all these young people with all these fresh ideas. So I actually had the opportunity to spend MobileGov out of the lab there, and uh, we launched mm -hmm. last year in July, and I just think it's going to be a very big growing need here in the federal government. Very interesting. You know, we do want it now. And, and traditionally, don't take this wrong, please, Tom, we, we always thought of universities in Florida as being land of the sun and the beach and the whatever, surfing and spending the day getting the sun. And what did we talk about? Uh, University of Miami is the basket weaving major capital, something like that. I am going way <laughs> back in time, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm delighted to hear that we're mixing sun and fun and great creative ideas. That's, that's very, very refreshing. Dante, Weigh in on this. What are you, what are you aware of uh, in terms of your work with government in terms of this, this energy surge in what can we do for our constituents in terms of developing great apps? How do you see that? Yeah, an indirect way with, what we're, that we're helping constituents is really on the productivity side. So we talked about citizen-facing apps, but you also can look at the internal-facing apps to increase productivity. So you have all these transactional systems out there. ERPs, customer relationship management systems, supply chain systems. And they really, you can really extend the value of those systems by using mobility in multiple different ways. The U.S. Navy uses mobile personal, uh, a mobile personnel application to authorize crew members and visitors to board and disembark vessels in the fleet. The U.S. Census Bureau used iPads to, and, and customized devices to provide data collection and synchronization capabilities. Homeland Security, we talked about TSA before. They have mm -hmm. a, a myriad of applications that help with uh, checkpoints and smart card identification and tracking visitors at secure locations. So the use cases for mobility extend from citizen-facing applications to also productivity inside the operations. I love it. That's great news. And, and I have a question for anybody who can answer this. A little birdie reminded me that a certain president who is now sitting in the White House was asked to give up uh, a certain device in 2008, and I'm wondering what he is carrying now and, and what the governance is on that person's mobile device. Does anybody know? I'm still thinking he's carrying a BlackBerry. 
That, that's, that's what I just got a tweet that he was asked to give it up, and I'm wondering if they, they let him take it back. I don't know. <laughs> An interesting question. We'll have to watch the, uh, the press conferences and see when he walks away what he's looking at. We have uh, four minutes left in this segment. I'm going to just open this up. Anybody have any more exciting apps or want to talk about the philosophy of government accessibility by the people, for the people, to the people, of the people, through mobility? Uh, anybody want to jump in with this? I'd love to hear your ideas. I have one recent example. I was lucky enough to yeah. play in a golf tournament with uh, Staff Sergeant Keith, and he's in the U.S. Army, and he's a wounded warrior, and he had served three tours in Iraq. Uh, his, he, had, he was a going out. I mean, it's a very difficult job. He's going out in mine sweeping and finding booby traps and IEDs, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, he had one blow up near him, uh, and he had some traumatic brain injuries. Uh, he's 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 been coming along. He's been doing well. He's still in the military, but he was he kind of opened my eyes to the system at the VA. The treatment itself is very good, but uh, I saw just a couple of days ago there were one million uh, claims behind. You know, claims that veterans are putting in, and the service there may be able to be improved in mobile. One of the things that he mentioned is every time you call into the VA, it's like 30 minutes on hold. Maybe you could have an app, and we discuss this in detail, and I'm going to make it my personal mission to see if I can make some change in this area. But have an app where you know where you are in the process, just a, a notification. Here's where you are. Here's what you need to do if you need any more questions. That simple thing of when there's something where your paperwork, is, once again, paperwork is in the process mm -hmm. is a very useful thing to the veteran. And if they're missing any, just if you're missing any forms, that type of thing, right now it's snail mail. They send you a, they send yep. you a letter, and it mm -hmm. tells you what you're missing, and then you fill it out, you go find it, and then you send it back. Just that cycle of communication probably takes two to three weeks. So rather than waiting two or three weeks, if you had your mobile phone, you would know right away. As soon as it's, the data is entered into the system that you are missing something, you would know. So you can do something that second. And just think of all these cycles Instead of them being three weeks, they may be immediate. So you can get to where you need to go. Caseload gets resolved faster. Um, everybody gets better service. And if you do call in, you can have, you know, you, there won't be as many people calling in because you'll have more self-service. So that this is this is one example of, of what you can do. I think. There's a what lot a of really interesting concept. processes like that, Thomas. That's a great example that, you know, we're really going to have to really take a look at what those processes are, how we're currently providing services. The, the future is really terrific. I mean, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is really being able to bridge the digital divide that we see. One of the things we see in terms of data points is that, minorities are more frequently uh, are more frequent users of um, the web on on smartphones than than other parts of the population so people think that you know you know that the services that governments provide on mobile is really for kind of a wealthy educated um, group that's actually not true so we're seeing people some people are saying that there's some um, um, groups that are leapfrogging PCs and going right to mobile devices so that they don't have that experience on that PC. So those ex their expectations are always on a much smaller screen. And so the challenge I say is how do we take the processes that we have, like Tom was just describing, and create them in a way that they could actually be, um, services can be delivered on these mobile screens. I think the future is really exciting. 
And Gwen, you just handed me on a silver platter the segue to take our blast break and go into our final section, which is, of course, the crystal ball. We're going to look to the future, and Gwen, you're going to be my opening speaker when we come back. We're going to talk about what will mobile gov look like in five years. Sounds to me like we could be seeing a sea change, as the expression goes, of advancements coming up between now and 2017. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You don't want to miss the predictions of my three esteemed guests coming up right after the break. Take it away, Brad. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com zoom leadership it's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal zoom leadership it's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future join host john schmidt every monday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time zoom leadership an inside look at what's really going on in business government and civil society tune in every week on the voice america business channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And it's time for the crystal ball segment. Here we go. Business as we've known it, and I will add the word government as we've known it, is in game-changing mode today. Look into your crystal ball. I'm addressing this to my three guests. And predict how mobility in the public sector will continue to evolve between now and 2017. And if you don't mind, add a little side note, please, about the impact of social media on this progress, this progressive mindset in government. What will people be saying about government on Twitter, on on Facebook, once they get a hold of these apps, will they love them or not so much? Gwen Cost and GSA, kick us off, please. Great. I love looking to the future because it's okay if I'm wrong. Um, what I've seen <laughs> in the future, especially when we're going out five years, is we're not going to actually recognize where we are right now. Things are going, moving so quickly, and demands are so amazing. I think, you know, when you're looking at the, the idea of people commenting and, and um, talking about what government is doing, it's really one of the drivers. And we actually are in a great time right now where we are getting all this input, and, and, and some of it's 
all of it is important because every time we make a mistake and somebody tells about us tells us about it, it's actually a gift because then we have a chance to to meet their needs. And so, kind of driving this piece forward, what we're going to see is we're going to really see the decoupling of devices from information. And by that, what I mean is right now we're really stuck on on a mobile phone or on a tablet or on a PC or what my husband wants is that 80-inch bevel TV screen. You know, that's, that's what he would really like. But we're really going to be seeing beyond that. Later this year, Google is supposed to be releasing goggles, glasses, where you could actually get information about your surroundings on, on these glasses. And so the question for government, what we're going to have to do is try to figure out how do we deliver this information. So mobile is not the device. Mobile is actually the information and the services that could be delivered anytime, anywhere, and on any device. The focus, therefore, has to be on that information layer, on what that information is. And we have to use the technologies that are available right now to then take that information, put it in a delivery system, and then deliver it on whatever people want it to be, whether it be on their gaming device. My, my kids are big um, Xbox players. So whether it's integrated in the Call of Duty game or whether it's as part of a public service announcement that is part of a TV that, that's in a different screen on your TV show, or whether it's being put into Facebook or Twitter or these social media tools. So it's that separation of the presentation, how we're delivering it from the information, and that's going to really open everything up. It's going to be really exciting. Thank you. Great. I love your comment about predictions in the future. Thank you, Gwen Costin. Let's turn to Tom Suter from MobileGov. What do you see five years from today, Tom Suter? Well, I see if you follow some trends, Everything that you think is accelerated far more than you think. Uh, smartphone adoption is already almost 60% in the United States. Tablets, there was a whole bunch of reports prior to Christmas how tablet adoption in the U.S. would go from 9 to 19% in the households, or 9 to 18%, something like that. It took the Christmas holiday to reach that. So by the time these reports were published, they were already outdated. So I see kind of like a TV remote type of thing where you're going to have tablets in every room. It's just something you're going to pick up, you're going to authenticate, you're going to, you're going to jump on and get your information on demand. I think you're going to see a lot of built-in devices to countertops and that kind of thing. We've already seen some concepts, but by the end of the five years, I think, I think you're, you're really, going to, really going to see that. But basically, it's going to allow you to access information, handle information, build it into your life rather than, okay, I've got to go upstairs to my, my desktop and go do a report. It'll be more like you'll just be integrated into your life completely. Maybe you are. And, and what about the brand media, of government, Tom? I think that's a very yeah, interesting ahead. thing. I, I, I don't think there can be enough communication. There's no such thing as bad mm -hmm. communication. And I know uh, Gwen and her, her group over there at GSA, the Office of Assisted Services and Innovative Technologies, does a really good job with that. I just know from my company, we had 100 people, and just understanding your own people, what they had, just pulling the information out of them and them understanding you, better communication is not a bad thing. You find out bad things, but you, now you can correct them. So I think interfacing That's with the right. public, you're going to find out where the warts are and go get them fixed. You have, you have the chance to go get them fixed. If you don't know what they are, you're not going to get them fixed. Good point. And that does apply to businesses across the board and government network. I'm lumping that in with business. Let's turn to Dante Ricci at SAP. Dante, look ahead five years. What do you see? Yeah, when you asked that question, I had to smile because last night I was watching on my iPad the Series 24. And mm -hmm. I started 
I'm way behind. I started watching the show just recently, and I'm on the third season. And they're using those flip phones. They have no smartphones. And if you ask the actors that day, government officials that day, or citizens that day when that, that particular episode was filmed less than 10 years ago, what they could do with their phone in five to ten years, nobody would have the correct answer. So I don't think I'm going to be completely accurate. I think we're just scratching the surface of what can be done. I do agree with both Gwen and Tom on those particular applications and concepts. I think it's really a new container that we're learning about and how to – I think it's really going to become – this is my best guess now from my perspective. Mm-hmm. It's going to become mainstream to get the pulse check from citizens so that we can increase efficiency and effective in a much small, what much smaller OODA loop. I'll take the term from the, the military. Being able, from the government's perspective, to observe, orient, decide, and act quickly with sentiment analysis via social media, or whatever structured or unstructured content that comes in through the through the mobile devices. Thank you, Dante. All good information. And I, if I have 30 seconds left, I'm going to throw one last question at all of you. Let's see how we do. It's time to look ahead and see, talk about the future. Next week is the future. It's going to be the month of May on Coffee Break next Next Wednesday, May 2nd, we're going to talk about customer service. Is your call center missing the obvious? Great panel. Anthony Leeper, Becky Carroll, and Esteban Kolsky, all return guests. And wow, do they have a lot to say. May 9th, we're going to do part two of How Smart is BI Without a Strategy? Topic we recently covered. Very big news. May 3rd, next Thursday, we debut our brand new series, In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll be here on the Business Channel, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m p.m. Eastern. I'll be hosting and moderating and a phenomenal lineup. Stay tuned. We'll be tweeting about it extensively. I have a bunch of shout outs. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, a special Special appreciation to Marlon Zelkowitz for helping to put together today's stellar panel. And a big hug and a bye-bye to Wendy and Nesbeth, who is leaving us for different seas. Wendy, go fly and just have a great, great time, and, and your career is just going to keep soaring. I know that. Appreciation to Ryan, Michael, and Brad, and Jeff, and Jeff at the Business Channel. I think we have just a second left. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Tom Souter, the branding of the government, do you think uh, that as mobile happens, we will like our government? government better? I think so. I think you will like your government better because you're going to understand. We are lucky enough to be here in Washington, D.C. and see these people work, pretty much work their butts off all day. And uh, I think that the citizens are going to see that. And they're doing providing great services. And it's just a matter of getting access to them. Okay. And Gwen, what do you think? Is is mobile, as we see it now, going to have a huge impact on this election coming up this year? What do you think? I don't talk about the election. I'll leave that to some of your other guests. But I will say that <laughs> it, we do have an opportunity for mobile to make government better. But it really, the, 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 the piece of that really rests on government to think outside of what we're doing and to really look at what the activities are of, of, our, of the public and try to meet those. Wonderful. I want to thank my three esteemed panelists, Gwen Costin from the GSA. Thank you, Gwen. Great insights. Thanks for sharing your time and coming to the office, and we appreciate it. Tom Souter from MobileGov. Also appreciate you a lot. And Dante Ricci, thanks for your insights working on SAP Federal Innovation. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll see you next week right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.